Um, how many people have had some challenges recently? Anybody? Anybody had some challenges? Well, you know, it's not a bad confession to say that you will have tribulation, right? Jesus said that, and if it was bad, he couldn't have said it. Uh, but we're not, we're not set in the place of tribulation. We're set in the place of victory, you see? We're set in the place of overcoming. We're set in the place. So a lot of times what the devil's trying to do is to get us to the place where we accept the lie instead of accepting the truth that will set us free. And so he'll try to apply pressure until you start believing it. And if we don't take those thoughts captive, then all of a sudden we'll get to that place, you see. And so uh, he'll just try to keep add pressure, add pressure, add pressure. I'll tell you, this week was challenging for me, even though I was in a good place and hearing the word all week, and it was awesome, and there were so many, uh, so many great messages. And I told him at prayer this morning, and if you, if you don't come to prayer at 9 o'clock, uh, you should. We need your supply. And there's something that happens when you seek first the kingdom of God above yourself, right? There's something that happens in that. We need your supply there praying out the will of God. There's, uh, but I told him this morning at prayer, I said, uh, you know, I had this message before I even got down there. I heard all these, you know, five messages a day. And it was power-packed, faith-filled messages. And I have, I took notes. I could preach for weeks on what I heard and, uh, you know, some people might be saying, well, bring us one of those messages. Bring some revelation you got. But that's not what God wanted. Because before the week even began, the Lord said, I want you to preach this Sunday on an overcoming life. And so we're going to preach that for the next few weeks. And if you'll receive that, you can start today to walk in an overcoming life and never go back to it. But I'll tell you this, even while I was down there in these great messages, here, here's what I found out. Man, I got attacked this week. I had some challenges. I know that many of you had some challenges too. I definitely had some tribulations that sprung up. I had, I had some stuff that I needed to get over, right? I'm not talking about like, well, you're having a bad time. Get over it. Although that's not really bad advice. Because if we're going to get over something, then we go over it, right? If we, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Listen, hear that this verse through. Yea, though I walk through. You might have been in the, in the valley of the shadow of death, but you ain't pitching a tent and living there. You're going through, amen? You are going through right now as we speak. We're going through. Through. And there's a promise in it just when he tells you, yea, though you walk through. Well, I can just say, good glory to God, I'm walking through right now. I'm not waiting. I'm walking through. God told me I'm walking. I'm going through. I'm getting to the other side. Do I have any other siders here? Do I have anybody that's going over, that's getting over the tribulation? Amen. I must, I'm in the right place then. I was, I was hoping I would be. So we're going to talk about that over the next few weeks. And I want you to, I want you to know that... You need, there's going to be people that you have, friends, friends that are in town, friends that are out of town that need this message, that need this series of messages. And uh, share it. Go to Facebook, hit the share button, share it with them. There's, listen, 
We, we put that stuff out there not because we're trying to build a big crowd on it. We put that state, it does that, but that's not why we're doing it. We've done it for years and we will do it for years. Why? Because there's people that one word can change their life. And if we're sitting there, it's kind of like this. If you had, you know, uh, let's say that Levi had, uh, man, he, he just, you know, he has Miss Tiffany and she can cook some good kind of cake or pie, amen, I, amen, and, uh, and all of a sudden, he just keeps it to himself, like he doesn't tell anybody, what would y'all think about that, oh man, man, they judge, <laughs> they judge that quick, didn't they, <laughs> selfish, right, uh, but wouldn't you, but see, the thing is, if it really was really, really good, it'd be hard for him not to talk about it, it'd be hard for him not to talk about it, right, and if he did, if he did not talk about it, then, then we'd be selfish, you know. It'd be, it'd be wrong for him not to share that with the world. Amen. Glory to God. It'd be wrong for him not to share that. You got the best thing ever in Jesus Christ. How wrong for it is, is it for us to not share that? We need to share. When we hear a life-given word, we need to share it. When we And listen, you have a life-given word on the inside of you all the time. Right. And if you'll spend time in fellowship with God and intimacy with God, that word will become so alive in you. This is why many people don't share the gospel with their friends. They don't share the good news with their friends because it's not alive and real to them today. Because their intimacy is not there today. And then because their intimacy is not there today, then the devil comes, he throws tribulation at them, and all of a sudden they're like, I just, I don't know if I'm going to make it through. Whereas if they'd been spending time with the Lord over here, then, and you know, you spend time in the presence of God, it's hard to be beat down. Right. It, it's like, no, nah, Jesus is here. Jesus is right here. Well, how in the world can I be beat down if Jesus is here? But see, what happens is we don't spend proper quality time with him, intimacy with him, and then we get over in this place where, where we've not purposed ourselves to be around him, and then all of a sudden, uh, the devil, so he's over here, we're over here, and, and we don't go to him, we don't spend time with him, we don't get around his presence. Have you ever been around somebody that's just so positive all the time, it's hard to even be mad, like you want to be mad because they're not mad, right? <laughs> like, why don't you just get angry? I don't know, I can't. That's the way Jesus is. He's always in victory. He's always seated at the right hand of the Father. He, he gave his blood, sealed it in covenant. He is always the Savior. Anybody need saving? Then get around Jesus. But you get around him and it gets on you. But if you're not around him, then you're over here and the devil brings tri tribulation and your thoughts go to, oh God, how am I going to get through how am I going to do it? And so what we're doing is when we're not spending that time around him, around his word, then we get over here, we get beat down, and we start losing sight of the victory. We lose sight of overcoming. We lose sight of those things. And, and that's, how it, that's how the devil beats you. It's not because he's stronger than you. He just tricks you and he deceives you into thinking that there's not a solution. Like God didn't foresee this and have a plan. 
Don't you know that he says, I know the plans I have for you? Plans for you to fare well, for welfare, to fare well, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Hope is a joyful, confident expectation. Every plan God has produces joy in you. Every plan God has produces confidence in you. Every plan God has produces an expectation in you. And if you don't have joy, confidence, and expectation, it's not from God. It's not from God. If it doesn't set you free, it's not the truth. It might be a fact, but it's not the truth. And you have a right to the truth. You have a right to that truth. But if we're not hanging out with him, we don't pick up those positive vibes, that victory, that overcoming, and so then the devil keeps throwing stuff at us, and we're like, oh, I can't. And we lose sight of the future that God wants to give us. We lose sight of the victory, and we accept the calamity when we don't hang out with them. So what we've got to do is we've got to hang out with them. We've got to become one of those people. One of the greatest testimonies I ever had about myself was they said, Brian sees the whole world with rosy glasses. He's like Pollyanna. I was like, glory to God. That's a great testimony. That's a great testimony. Why? Because you get in that place, it's hard for the devil to get anything on you. It is hard for him to beat you down because if you won't think about being beat down, he can't get you beat down. But if you'll know that you have the victory, then you'll be an overcomer. Now, so one of the things that he's constantly doing is just trying to get you to forget it. Well, he can easily remember the verse that says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And another one says they're going into captivity for a lack of understanding. When they don't know what God's done for them, they don't know who they are in Christ, then it's easy for the devil to destroy them. But if they'll know, if they'll study the scriptures to show themselves approved, if they'll go after the Lord, if they'll spend time, quality time and intimacy with him, it's hard for the devil to present the counterfeit and not get caught. Right? right? He'll try to present you with a lie and you'll be like, no, that's not my Jesus. Say, that's not my Jesus. My Jesus is in victory. My Jesus is in overcoming. My Jesus tells me I am more than a conqueror. Right? And all of a sudden, things change. So this series that we're we're getting ready to go through in the next uh, few weeks, I want you to make sure that, one, you pay attention to it. Make sure that you esteem it. I'm going to put some notes up online, uh, and you can take those notes. Start reading through the scriptures. Start meditating on it before you even get here. Give some effort to it before you even get here. Give some effort to it before you even get here. Take the time. The Lord says this, He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. A rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Now, that, that series is coming up, and then not too much further after this, we're going to do a series on yeah, that, that notes.bclife. So they'll be up there later, but they're not quite there yet right at this minute. But that series, uh, this series that we'll be in, those notes will be up there. But then not too far from now, as soon as this one's over, we're going to go into a series about things that I learned in the military. Uh, Marine Corps stories or something. I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. I was... I was praying about that this week. But we're going to talk about some things because one of the things that I learned in the military was I learned how to be a good Christian. And the word tells us this, be a good soldier. It says that. That's a command. Be like a good soldier. 
right? So there's some things that we need to pick up, some parallels there. There's some things, you know, that I did in the Marines that you don't need to do. But there's a lot of things and principles that I picked up that are very, very good. And actually, that has helped me to go through and overcome. And we're going to talk about some of those things. It's going to be funny. It's going to be serious. It's going to be, you're going to learn a lot. And you're going to learn how to win. You know, one of the greatest things that I learned in the military was how not to quit. Right? I was talking to somebody the other day, and he, he said, how long you had the church? I said, well, we started it's a little bit over 10 years ago. He said, man, glory to God. That's a testimony in itself. I said, oh, yeah, I know. He said, most churches don't make it a year. And if they make it a year, most of them don't make it past five. Yep. You know, here we are 10 years going strong and growing. I told somebody earlier this week, we're, we're at the place where we're ready to take off. We are at the launching point. We've gotten a foundation built. We know who we are, what we are, where we're going, how we're going to get there. And it's time. It's time. And you're going to start seeing some new things where this, and you're going to start seeing these chairs go and fill up and have to add more chairs. We just had another church give us over 120 chairs just this week. I was like, glory to God, right on time. We needed them. We need them. Amen. They just gave them to us. They didn't sell them to us. They sewed them into us. Praise God. Praise God. Now, so we're going to go into that series, and then I'm going to go into a series that the Lord gave me uh, earlier this week uh, talking about, I think it's going to be called the P5 life. The P5 life. And uh, what does that mean? I ain't telling you. But it's going to be good. And uh, we want, it's going to be some keys for you to have the life that God wants you to have. And uh, you're going to, at the end of it, you're going to want to say, I live a P5 life. Amen. I live that kind of life. We might do a t-shirt or something. Anyway, but you want, these are some foundational points for you to live life. So that'll be coming up. Your life will change in these series. You're going to see some things. Start telling people about it. Start letting them know, hey, this is going to be a great series that we're going to be in. Come and be a part of it. Amen? Amen. All right. Here's the other thing. We're going to be going uh, now, uh, starting tomorrow, I'm going, personally, I'm going to go on a fast uh, of all media starting tomorrow. And that means for me, no movies, no TV, no scrolling on Facebook or Instagram or any social media, no reading any books. The only thing I'll be watching or listening to will be the Bible or preaching and teaching about the Bible. And that's it. And so no movies, no TV, uh, anything. The only thing that I may do is if the Lord tells me to specifically, very specifically, uh, maybe one, maybe two, but is to spend and go see something with my kids. But other than that, that's it. Uh, spend it with my family. And so, but other than that, I'm going to do a media fast for a year. I've done that before. Uh, a couple of years ago I did it. And I'm going to tell you, it changed my life. And then, starting Saturday, I'm going to go personally into an extended fast. Because I know the season that we're moving into, it's time for me to utilize the tools, draw on the grace that God has given me. And utilize that grace to empower me to fast and pray and get closer to God. To stay in that intimacy. Because the season we're going into is going to change this area. It's going to change your life. It's going to change your family's life and change your friend's life. And I need to go there. Now, I'm telling you this. And I'm, it'll be extended. Which extended to me means multiple weeks at a minimum. 
All right, so now, and I'll eat no solid food. Now, why am I telling you that? Because the Lord hasn't told me to tell Boomerang, you need to fast with me. He hasn't told me that. Uh, what he has told me is to tell you, because some of you, you're sitting there going, I need to do that. The Lord's been putting that on my heart. He already laid it on my heart, and uh, I need to do that too. And so for those of you that are feeling that and sensing that in the Holy Ghost, uh, it would be a great thing to do. It's good to fast off of media. It was amazing. When I did that uh, for a year, my life simplified, and it changed me forever for the good. I'm telling you, it changed me forever. So for me, that'll start tomorrow from one year and basically, you know, till August of next year, basically. I'm not going to do any of that. And then uh, starting this Saturday, I'll enter into the uh, food fast. And uh, so if you feel like you're led to do that, don't just sit there and do it. Talk to us. Let somebody know. Bring in some accountability and let's do it together. I do believe that the Lord is going to drop it on some people's hearts and say, I am supposed to do that. I'm supposed to do that too. And uh, so when we do that, now, uh, just on the media fast, just so you know, give you a little bit of direction on it. If you do decide to do that, it's okay to get in on there and I'll have to check messages because it's a part of doing business as a church. I'll have to check messages. It's okay to get on there and like share what your church is doing. That's, that's a part of sharing the gospel. It's okay to do that. But here's what I'm not going to do. Scroll and read everybody's comments and all the garbage and everything else that's going on. And so I'm, not, I'm going to be uh, not diluted by the spiritual junk food of the world. But I'm going to concentrate on the life in the word. Amen. And so that's what we're going to do. And uh, if you feel like that, let us know. Let us know. Hey, I'm going to do this, uh, and I'm going to do it for this period of time. And so those things are starting right now. Now, with that, uh, the Lord has told me to do this starting next Monday. So not tomorrow, but a week from tomorrow. Uh, you know and uh, that we have the live, live stream on Facebook. Some of you know. Some of you don't know. On Facebook, every single Wednesday, uh, we stream live. And generally, it can be different, but generally it's myself and Barrett and Paul, and we have a really laid-back live stream. And uh, we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, although this week y'all had a different one on marriage, and uh, which looked awesome. i got to go back and watch it, but um, it looked cool. I just saw a piece of it, but amen. And y'all looked pretty, too. It was awesome. It was, awesome. It was Jade? Okay, well, uh, I thought it was George and Paul, but it was... <laughs> oh, he's handsome. Okay. Y'all looked handsome. Glory to God. And uh, anyway, uh, a couple weeks before that, and we'll continue it this week, we've been talking about speaking in tongues. And uh, the first week, there were over 3,200 views of that. People were interested in it. And uh, the next week, I don't know what it was, but it was well over 1,000 the, the next week. And uh, we were talking about the types of tongues, right? The first week we were talking about, is it of God? How do I, how do I make sure it's of God and not the devil? And uh, how, how do I receive that? And then we talked about the types of tongues. This week we're going into more details and then the benefit of tongues. And uh, look, 
watch that. Take your lunch break, join it with us, and, and share it. Definitely share it. That's one of the easiest things we can do to get the word out there. And we want to empower people. It's not about them coming here or being a part of Boomerang unless God tells them to. If God tells them to, then they should. It's about putting the word out there, the seed, so it'll bring up eternal fruit. And you can help further that simply by just sharing it when we share something on ministry. But... Now that's on Wednesday, but Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, probably for at least a month, probably, we'll go until God tells us to stop. The Lord has said, you need to have prayer in this house. And so what we're going to do, Monday, Tuesday, one week from tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, we're going to have noontime prayer here. And we're going to come in and pray. We're going to also, we'll stream it for people that can't get here. But the Lord may deal with you. You need to be there. You need to take your lunch and sow it and, and get there. The Lord says, when you seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, all these things will be added to you. And all those things are generally the things that you're, at, you're calling up and saying, Pastor Brian, pray for this, pray for this. You can get it yourself simply by giving yourself to his kingdom and his righteousness. And so you come in, you can come in, take your lunch. We're going to pray for an hour from 12 to 1. And uh, if, you're, if you can't get here, you can tune in and watch it. And uh, we're just going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Why? Because in James chapter 5 it says the prayer of a righteous man. It avails much, right? It, it will do big things. It will release. In the Amplified, it goes on to say it releases a dynamic power, a great big power, dynamic in its working, tremendous power by prayer. Many of us have been having the challenges because we haven't been praying, and we can come together, and we're going to pray. We're going to pray over individuals. We're going to pray over this body, and we are going to see great big power power released in your life. Amen? Amen. Anybody want to receive some of that power? Glory to God. I do too. But we can't just say, yeah, give me, give me, give me, and we don't give back to the Lord, right? We've got to say, I'm, I'm going to give because you have blessed me. I'm going to love on you, Father, by praying because you first loved me. Amen? So those are some of the things coming up and uh, thought you would like to hear about it. And right now we're going to jump in and overcoming life. Let's turn to John 16, verse 33. Two weeks from now we'll also have the Holy Spirit service. That is uh, two Sundays from uh, today at 4 p.m. we come in early so that we can spend however much time the Lord wants us to spend. Two Sundays from now, put it on your calendar, make sure to be there. I'm telling you, the power of God is released in those Holy Spirit meetings. Uh, bigger, it seems like, than any other time. It is revelation and the power of God. And one word can change your life. Put it on your calendar, be here. Don't overlook it. Don't, don't lightly esteem it, right? You've got it. You've got to make the things of God important in your life. And that's part of what's happened to our country is people have run with the blessing, but they've forgotten how the blessing got here. The blessing got here because of God, not because we were so good. Right. We were blessed in the country because we gave the country to the Lord and we knew that he was our source. 
And a lot of times we've forgotten that. Well, the church has forgotten that too. Otherwise, you'd be, there wouldn't be a church in the county that wasn't full. If we hadn't forgotten it, you'd be, you'd be hard-pressed to keep people away. But we have. We've forgotten it. Well, how's that going to change? Somebody who knows better has got to start living it. Right. So make sure that you don't just set things to the side and say, well, I don't want to go that, but I'll go that. Well, I'll go. No, no, no. You're planted in a place to produce something. You're planted in a field, in a body, and in a church to produce something. As you esteem what God is doing, your life is honored highly. He said, those that honor me will be highly esteemed. So don't just pass by that. Esteem these things. All right. And that means be here. It doesn't mean watch it online. Amen. Amen. And, you, know, you got something, you're out of town. Okay, great. I get that. I understand that. But if, you're, if you have availability, get there. You heard me say a couple of weeks ago when Pastor Tracy was here, uh, the Lord told me, he said, I want you to go to this meeting. And, and go and be there. Well, it took a lot for me to get there. But I'm going. Why? Because the Lord said to. I'm going to esteem it. As I, as I honor God, he honors me. And know that when you trade honor with God, it always works in your favor. It's not fair. It's, it's kind of like, how much could I honor you? Think about this with Luke. If I wanted to honor Luke, and Luke wanted to honor me, which one is going to come out better in the honor? Luke is. Why? Because just, let's just talk money. If he brings me all his money he's got, it's going to be a drop in the bucket to me bringing all the money we got. Right? The honor is different. But when we just decide, Lord, I'm going to honor you with the best that I can. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to trust you. Then all of a sudden God says, hey, I'm going to honor you with the best I can too. It is not a fair trade. Right. You come out better. And that's where we've got to understand these things about the Lord. He's always leading us to opportunity. And so let's, let's esteem what God has. Amen? And esteem what God's doing. John 16 and verse 33 Many of us have had tribulations. The devil, you realize that the devil knows his time is short. Anybody know that Jesus is coming soon? Amen. It could be before we even get finished here. Yeah. You know, let's say he comes back right now. Are you ready? Like, wait a minute. If he did just come back like 10 seconds ago, did you have it all where it needed to be? We're supposed to live ready. Live ready. Jesus is coming soon. That's why he told us to talk about that. He's coming soon. If he came back just 30 seconds ago, were you ready? We're supposed to be ready all the time. I can tell you, I'm sitting there going, man. All of a sudden, see, when you start thinking about Jesus is coming soon, you... You start putting things in perspective. Whoa, 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 whoa. How many people, look, think about this. How many people, Jesus just came back, boom. How many people sitting out there on the lake? What would they be thinking right now? How many people sitting at home? And, and instantly they're like, the Lord told me to go to church. You know, forsake not the assembling of the saints. He told me to go. I'm here. And Jesus just came back. 
See, this is why he said, Jesus is coming soon. And we don't know the day nor the hour. We're supposed to live ready. We're supposed to live ready. And then many of us, we're sitting in church even this morning. That shows great heart. That's awesome. Good job. Good job, guys. But here's the thing. We're sitting in here, and I'm like, man, am I as ready as I want to be? I don't know. I need to pay attention to it more. Don't, don't we need to pay attention to it more? Think about this. Everything you do in this lifetime is going to be rewarded and awarded in eternity. Did you do everything that God has wanted you to do? Do you have all the awards in eternity that you'd want to have? Let's think of Jesus come back right now. All of a sudden, you're standing in front of the throne being judged on what you did in this life. You stand and come up in front of Jesus. I was going to learn how to win souls next week. I, I was going to give more when I got more. I was going to serve in my church. But What did you do? You're in front of Jesus now. Well, I was going to. I was going to. I was, I was, I was, but did we, we, did we? So a lot of times we, we've got to say, whoa, 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 what are we doing? Are we producing fruit? Are we producing the fruit that he's called us to? Look here, let me just show you something. Uh, turn back one chapter to John 15. I am the true vine, verse 1. I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit. He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. Every branch that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away. If Jesus did come back right now, are we bearing the fruit? Have we, not, not are we going to do it, have we done it? Because if he came back, Right now, it's not what you were going to do. It's what are you doing now? If you go on in another couple of verses, it says you, the life is in the vine. You can't bear fruit apart from me. The life is in the vine. So it goes back to what we were saying earlier is, you know, am I with Jesus or without him? Am I spending time in intimacy with him? Not talking about if you're born again. Am I hanging out with him? And I, am I abiding with him? And he's abiding in me. Because all of a sudden back over here, I don't bear fruit if I'm not doing that. Everything stems from him. My life, it stems with him. My protection, it stems from him. Bearing the fruit, it, it stems with him. I've got to spend time with him. I've got to make up my mind that I'm going to do the things that God's called me to do. And I'm not going to wait and I'm not going to put it off. And I'm not going to say, well, I was, well, I was, well, I was, well, uh, too late. 
If Jesus came back right now, what, what's happening? Do you realize, think about this, he tells us that we're going to have rewards for the things that we do. When we're talking about overcoming, there are awards for being an overcomer. There's awards for being an overcomer. There's awards for being an overcomer, but here's the thing. And, and, but are we going to be able to overcome if we don't spend time with him? No. Because all of the life and the protection and the overcoming power comes from spending time with him and doing it his way. So if Jesus came back right now, here's the thing. Let's say that we haven't done what we could do. Think about this. If I do the things that God's asked me to do, I bear fruit, I overcome, then I'm going to have awards. We're going to probably talk about the awards next week. It's pretty cool. I'm going to have the awards. And those awards are going to go from this point in time for eternity. It keeps going. It keeps going. i got to stop because there's a wall, but it doesn't stop. The award, think about that. How valuable is it? Think about if I told you that I would give you, uh, let's say that I'm going to give you $10,000. Anybody would be excited? I'm going to give you $10,000. Anybody, would that be, that would be cool. But let me tell you something about $10,000. It may seem like it's a whole, whole, whole lot to some people. Do you know how fast it'll go away in your life? Anybody ever received some money in the thousands and then all of a sudden you turned around like, where'd that go? Where'd that money go? Because it can go fast. I can give you $10,000 right now and it may change your life for like a few days, but after a few days, it'll be gone. That's why we need a source. We need an ongoing source. But which would be better? Would, would you rather me give you 10000 right now today or say in one year I'm going to give you 10000 one year from now, and then I'm going to give you 10000 every year thereafter? Who would wait? That would work. And now, didn't it just, it's like, whoa, that's not just 10000 That's like, I mean, if I'm... 30 years old and I lived to be 120, that's 90 times 10,000. That's $900,000 over the period of a lifetime. I hope my math's right. <laughs> if I'm not, somebody watching online, put it in the comment, know it's this, and, and fix it. But now we just multiply. And all we did was we just added 90 years multiplied. When we do the things for God and we move to the place of eternal reward, it's times eternity. Times eternity. Can you put a value on times eternity? How many people would like to have an award times eternity? Anybody? Guess what you get those awards for? What you do before. He comes back! You get those awards for what you do before then. So if he came back right now, guess what? Many of us. Hey, let's just be real. All of us would not have the awards we really want. We wouldn't because we haven't done what we were supposed to do, and we know it. We know it. 
We know it. But it's not time to sit there and, and talk about what we could have done. It's time to say, well, I'm not letting that stand. I'm going to change my future, which means I'm going to start abiding in him. I'm going to start overcoming. I'm going to start finding the place. I'm not going to let these tribulations stand anymore. There's some awards I need to grab a hold of in order to grab a hold of them and make my life easier. You know, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. I've got to get to the place of being an overcomer. I can have awards, I can be an overcomer, not to mention if I learn how to overcome all this junk that's been coming at me, I can learn how to put it in its place. Praise God. Anybody could use some of that? Me too. Me too. So wouldn't it be nice, you know, it's, it's kind of like this. Um, anybody ever learned how to do something? You know, uh, you're in the electrical field, Jerry. Is there a point when you didn't know how to do electricity, electrical things? Isn't it nice that you had somebody that had done it before and figured out how to do it that could stand there with you and say, oh, no, don't do that. It will kill you. <laughs> that's, that's the bad wire. Don't touch that. That's the bad one. Isn't it nice to have somebody that's done it right and figured it out? Or maybe they've done it wrong before and you don't know, now have to do it wrong because they teach you don't. That's wrong. Isn't it nice to have somebody that can teach you that's one? Did you know we have a Lord and a Savior who was tempted with every tribulation that you can be tempted with? And he won. He overcame. He overcame. And did you know that if you will invite him in, he will come be right there with you. And he'll be like, don't touch that wire. That's the bad one. Don't touch that. It's going to shock you and you're not going to like it. Don't touch that. Praise God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. Don't do that. Anybody ever heard the Holy Ghost voice? Don't touch that. But then we touched it anyway. Dang it. That was the wrong choice. And now it hurts. But see, not only will he tell you what not to do, he'll, he'll empower you to overcome that wrong wire, to overcome that wrong choice, to overcome the tribulation, to overcome the attack. He will teach you and empower you to overcome. To overcome. Listen to this. John 16, 33. Jesus, Jesus talking, red letters. I don't have a red letter Bible, but I know it's red letter in other people's Bibles. Tell me, John 16, 33, is it red in your Bible? Thank you. Amen. Glory to God. Jesus talking, these things I have spoken to you. What things? Let, let's just say it like this. These things, this Bible, all of it, he's spoken to you so that in me, where? In him. And so not out of him, but in him. I've spoken to you these things so that you will get in him. And when you get in him, you may have peace. Glory to God for some peace. Anybody want some peace? Anybody could use some peace. Guess where peace found? In him. 
in him. That's where peace is at, in him. He says, and I've told you some stuff, and I'll empower you with peace in me. But we got to make the leap and get in him. Bunny hop our little tail right back over to Jesus. Because we've been bunny hopping to the world. Oh, that's some sin over there. Go. Sometimes we've been running. Anybody besides me ever done that? You don't have to raise your hand. I should have said that earlier. And we need to get back in him because in him is peace. In him are the things to help us overcome. In him. And then he says this. He says, these things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation. That's not a bad confession or else Jesus wouldn't have said it. You're going to have tribulation in this world. That's the way this world is. In this world you're going to have some stuff to get over. And Nicole will tell you a story where one of the biggest breakthroughs she ever had in her life, she was calling me up and she was complaining and she was whining and... Um, she wouldn't want to tell you that uh, at one point in her life, but she's happy to now because she, she overcame. Look, whining don't do any good. We got a law at our house. It's not a rule, it's a law. No whining. Ain't no whining going around, around here. Law don't. Because listen, the whining don't do you any good. Matter of fact, it may actually do you bad because the more you whine and the more you think about the problem, the quicker you're going to be to jump right in the problem. But the less you whine, the closer you are to getting in Jesus because Jesus is not whining. Matter of fact, when you remember when Peter uh, had a good moment and then like two verses later, he was, get behind me, devil. Get behind me, Satan. You know what Jesus told him and called him Satan over? is because Peter allowed this thought to flow through him. If you go back to the original language, here's what he was telling to Jesus. Peter was saying this to Jesus, and this is what Jesus said. You're a devil. You're the Satan himself. And here's what Peter said in the original language. Jesus, pity yourself. Have pity on yourself. Don't go... Give yourself at Jerusalem. Have pity on yourself. It's a devil. And so there's no whining. No whining. And so Nicole was uh, getting over something. And uh, I forget what it was. She probably remembers it exactly. But I forget what it was. You remember? And uh, <laughs> so she was sitting there. And uh, she was just, yep, 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 yep. Not, I don't think she was fussing at me. And, uh, but... I think I remember what it was now. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you ever have some people in your life? <laughs> right. Amen. So she was getting over some, some tribulations. Let's call it that. Tribulations. Anybody got some tribulations in your life? Generally, they have your same last name. Just throwing that out there. Anyway, tribulations. And, uh, huh? Or they're close to the same last name. Yeah. And, and we're getting over some tribulations, and all of a sudden she's fussing, and, and, and she's whining. And I said, you know what you need? And this was the Holy Ghost, husbands. Do, this was the Holy Ghost talking. This was not Brian talking. This was the Holy Ghost. Don't do this unless you know you've heard from the Holy Ghost. I said, you just need to get over it. And she was like... And the phone call ended very quickly after that. 
She didn't get mad at me, but basically I was telling her, stop whining and put on your big girl britches and be a Christian. That's, that's what it felt like on the other end of the phone, too. And she didn't like me for a few minutes, but she got over it because she wanted to go to heaven. And then she said, you know what, that's what I need to do. And it was one of the biggest breakthroughs of her life because she realized I got to stop living in the tribulation. I got to get over myself, stop whining, and get to the victory. And this is what Jesus is saying. If you get in me, you will have peace. Look, you're going to have tribulations. Get over it. And then he says this, but take courage in the tribulations. Take courage. Don't, don't take the tribulation. Take courage. Don't take the tribulation. Don't take the problem. Don't take all of the bad stuff. Don't take what it could hold in the future. Take courage. Be strong and very courageous. Meditate on the word day and night and then you will make your way successful, it says in Joshua 1.8. Take courage. Take boldness. Take confidence. Why? Because Jesus himself, remember I said, wouldn't it be nice if somebody was there and had already knew where the wrong wires were and they could help tell you and empower you because they've always done it right. Jesus said, take courage for I have overcome the world. Glory to God. I have overcome the world. Amen. I have overcome the world. I've overcome. He said, take courage. Take courage because you're the most amazing Christian I've ever seen. No, that's not what he said. Because we ain't. If you are, then you need to be up here ministering. You're amazing. I've never seen a greater Christian than you. Woo! You, you, you. No, he didn't say take courage because you're awesome. He said take courage because I'm awesome. I've already done it. Already handled. Let's see, a lot of times we don't take courage because we know we're not awesome. And what we're whining about is because we don't know how to fix it. And God's saying it doesn't matter if you know how to fix it or not. If you know me, I've overcome the world. And if you're in me, then you already have the overcoming inside of you. You might not know the details. You might not know how it's going to work out. You might not know any of how this thing's going to be overcome. But it will be overcome because you're in me. And I'm in you. And I'm in the Father. And I'm seated at the right hand of the Father. I have victory over death, hell, and the grave. And I'll give it to you. You don't have to be awesome and perfect. You just have to be in me and take courage. Take courage. Anybody ever known how you're going to fix all the stuff anyway? I've never known how it's going to work. Most of the time I get to a a solution, I'm like, oh, glory, that's how it happened? Wow, I didn't even expect that. I didn't have to know. He knows. It's so much easier. I didn't have to know all the details that were involved. I didn't know all the, ha- the little triggers that had to be pulled here and there and, every- and all the levers to make it line up perfectly. You know, 
I didn't have to know all that. I just had to know. Like, I can't even grab the ball in the little claw game all the time. How am I going to pull all the levers to make my life line up right? But I know somebody who did. I can take courage in it. Stupid claw machine. And, and it is. It's just like the devil... The devil to loosen those claws up. So it's like, oh, look, I actually did it. I grabbed it just right. And then it gets up there and it hits the top, you know, which they make it hit really hard. And the little loose springs go, well, oh, sorry. Dropped it. You were so close. Put another dollar in. That's the devil. Amen. Next time I see one of those claw machines, I'll be like, devil, come out. <laughs> Vegas, lottery, it's all the same. <laughs> let's, let's go on. <laughs> scripture, scripture, let's go to scripture. All right, turn to Revelation 12, 11. Revelation 12, 11. Praise God, you don't have to know it all. Praise God, I don't have to know it all. And I don't. Most of the victory that you see us winning in life in is not stuff that we knew about. Uh, well, it's what we did know that's important. Jesus is good. He is my Savior. I need saving. And he knows how to do it. And he will. All done. If I just hang on to that, I'll be an overcomer. That's it. That's all I got to know. And every other thought that takes me to the place that's not thinking about being the overcomer, I just got to throw that away. Yep. Nope. That may be a fact, but I'm not thinking about it. Yep. Go away. I'm going to think about Jesus. Oh, you're awesome. You've overcome the world. It's already been done. I'm not, I'm not fighting from the place of needing to overcome something. I'm fighting from the place that I'm already inside of an overcomer. Yeah. I'm in Jesus and he's in me. And in him we live and move and have our being. In him we live and move. And I'm just in Jesus. I'm in Jesus and I have peace. I'm taking courage in him. In him. I'm an overcomer. You got to know that you're an overcomer. You got to know that you already have it. Because we're so great. No, we're not all that great by ourselves. But with Jesus, we're an overcomer. Yeah. With Jesus, I'm already there. I'm already there. I already got the victory because I'm in it now. Glory to God. I don't know what this is, but if I felt it. I, I already got the victory. Do a little victory dance. Like you need to have some of this coming out of you. That it's so much in part of you that you just, you feel it. I'm already an overcomer. I'm all glory to God. People are like, he's crazy. Yeah, crazy for Jesus, but he overcomes. Amen. They overcome. You got you to gotta let the things of God get on the inside of you. Because otherwise the devil will eat your lunch. Yeah. Man, have fun with it. Oh, okay, devil. I just, you know, laughing, it, it may sound silly, but it literally is what you should do. Ha, 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 ha. You put on joy. How do you put on joy? On purpose. Well, I don't feel like it. Well, 
I didn't feel like getting dressed this morning either, but I felt like staying comfortable. But I put it on because I was going to be in front of y'all. I put it on. Put on joy. Put it on. Decide. (laughs) You're an idiot, devil. You're an idiot. You're so stupid. Silly devil. Silly devil. Revelation 12, 11 says, says this. And they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life even when faced with death. They did not love their life even when faced with death. They overcame him because of the blood of the lamb. The blood gave me entrance into his family. The blood of Christ sealed me in the covenant. The blood of Christ put me in the place of victory. The blood of Christ gave me a way to step into Jesus. It gave me that power. The word of my testimony. I started to line up my testimony. Oh, we're not going under, we're going over. We're not going under, we're going over. We're going over, we're going over, we're going over, we're overcoming. I'm going to overcome. I don't care what the devil throws my way. I'm going to get over it because we're going over it. I'm an overcomer. I have the victory. I'm the healed of the Lord. God provides all my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm not lacking in anything. I'm protected. I'm made whole. I'm restored. My family is restored. He's in him is life and life to the full till it overflows any part of life I need I just reach out beside me and grab it in him I'm an overcomer you start confessing it's how faith works you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth the blood gives us the ability to believe on something the confession lines up with our part in faith and then I hold on to it I don't let any part of the fear of death come in or the fear of any lack come in. But I love not my life to the death. I hold on to it even if it feels like it's going to cost me my life. I will not let go of my faith in God. I will not let go of the surety that I have in Him. I will hold on. I've got the victory in Christ. I am an overcomer in Him by His blood, by His love. And in the name of Jesus, I will will overcome in Christ because he's already overcome the world. You're an overcomer. Romans 8.37 says that you are more than a conqueror. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, but thanks be unto God who always leads you in triumph, always leads you in victory. In the New Living it says, He always leads you in one perpetual victory parade. Glory to God, victory, 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 triumph, victory. And it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. Why? Because you're in Jesus. You're an overcomer. You're an overcomer. Say it with me. Say, I'm an overcomer. Because I'm in him. And I won't leave him. And that's why I'll, I'll overcome. Oh, I, you didn't say it like I did, but I'm glad. I'll, I'll overcome. I was thinking about what I was going to say next. Because we're in him. But let me, let me show you something. As soon as you're in him, glory to God. As soon as you're in him, and then all of a sudden... The devil throws 
doubt at you. As soon as he throws a doubt at you, oh, but, 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 but how's it going to work? How's that going to happen? And, and you think, ooh, how is it going to happen? You leave him. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to happen. That's really hard to chatter your teeth on, on cue. That was very difficult. <laughs> how am I going to do it? How, how are we going to win? How am I going to overcome? Everybody inside right now is like, can I do it? I saw Silas, he went. <laughs> Every time, when, see, we're sitting in him, we've got the victory, we're in the place of overcoming, we're right here, everything, everything's going good. We're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then all of a sudden, uh, and we're like leaving here, amen, I'm different, today's my day. I'll never be the same walking out boomerang. You step outside and the devil goes, oh yeah, how are you going to do it? And you're like, oh, I don't know. And on, by Monday morning, we're sitting there like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? What am I, oh, oh, oh. And the weight comes, and it's heavy. It's not easy. It's not light. And that's a symptom that you've left Jesus. And now you're not in him, and there's no promise of victory. There's no promise of overcoming because you've let thoughts take you outside of that place. How's this going to work out? You don't have to know how it's going to work out. You don't have to know. It's not your business. That's Jesus' business. Tell your neighbor, say, it's not my business. Tell your other neighbor, it's not my business on this side either. On all sides, it's not my business. That's Jesus' business. My business, turn to John 6. I really hope this is right. John chapter 6. Verse 29, verse 28, verse 28, they said, to, therefore, they said to him, what shall we do so that we may work the works of God? And you know, this sounds all good and positive, but let me put it in some real life terms. What can we do so that we can overcome? Because it doesn't look good. That's the same question. What do we, what do we do? What do we do, Lord? What do we do? What do we do? What we do is we stay in him. How do we stay in him? Verse 29. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work. Here's your work. Here's, say, here's my business. Here's my business. It's my job. My responsibility. It's what I get paid for. This is my business. You receive it? Oh, you might not have read it yet. You might want to wait. This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. That's your only work. Believe in him. Believe that he has already overcome the world. I don't have to know how. I don't know, have, to, have to know why. I don't have to figure it out. See, when we're doing counseling, it's the funniest thing. And, and people will continue to do it because it's the a corrupted flesh nature. But it's the funniest thing how people want to come in and they want to tell me everything that's going wrong. 
You see, it doesn't matter what's going wrong. It doesn't matter the level of it. It doesn't matter the severity of it because Jesus has already overcome it. And so, but they feel like if they don't tell me the severity of it, I can't give them a big enough answer to it. And then if I don't give them the big enough answer to it, then it won't get fixed. The answer is simple, Jesus. And it doesn't matter how big it is. All you got to do is I just got to get you in him. And if you get in him and stay in him, he's already overcome it. His business is to figure out the details in it. My business is to believe him. So a lot of times we'll sit in counseling and we'll spend an hour and a half hearing about the problem that's always going to come to the same solution. Get in him. Do what he told you to do. Do what he told you to do. Stay in him. Believe him. Believe. Here's your business. Believe on the son that he's the overcomer. And all of a sudden you can start saying, you step into a problem, you're like walking through life. Problem! And instead of going, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? You'll be like, let's see how Jesus works this one out. Woo! Overcome. And then you'll go on down and, you know, we're going to see something in a second. You'll go on down to the next place and be a problem and 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 you'll think this time oh my god what we gonna do? but then you had the victory last time you're like well i know what i did last time so you'll think oh i'm in jesus we got the victory and then you keep on going and it'll be problem after problem and people start watching you they'll say look they're walking through problems but they don't get they don't get burned out by them they don't even get bummed out by them they just walk in it's like why are you not upset why are you not worried about the stuff happening at our job why are you not worried we got this new manager and he's such a jerk why are you not worried about it because i'm in jesus he's already overcome that manager He's already figured it out. Why are you not worried because you had 15,000 bill collectors calling today? I'm in Jesus. If I'm in him, he will tell me what to do when I need to do it. And when he tells me, I'm going to be obedient and stay in him. And as long as I stay in him, I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. People don't know that they already have everything that they need in Jesus, and so they, they worry about what they need to do. Your business is to believe on him and stay in him. Don't let thoughts pull you out of him. Stay in him. No, having done all, stand. No, it doesn't matter. And the devil will try to bombard you. He'll try to just overthrow your thought life. Oh, why? Because he's trying to pull you out of Jesus. Because if he, if he can get you out of Jesus, he can get you out of overcoming. That's not your place. Your place is in him. Your place is in Jesus. And when you get really, really good at that, all of a sudden you'll find that you'll win, you'll win, you'll win, you'll win, victory, victory, triumph, triumph. And guess what else? All of a sudden the pressure that's been, you'll own you for so long, you don't carry it anymore. You don't carry it. The first couple of years of church, man, I was trying to hold all your problems up. I wasn't built to do that. And it was crushing me. And I was like, Dear God, I cannot do this. He's like, ding, 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 ding. (laughs) Congratulations. You just got promoted. You figured out you can't do it. Listen, you're not called to be somebody's hero. 
He, we already have a hero. What I learned as a pastor is my job is not to solve your problem. My job is to lead you into the person that's already solved it. I don't have to figure out everything and, and come across as being really wise. I don't have to do that. I just have to trust him for myself and lead you to that place. Yeah. See, so many times as a pastor and as a minister, or even maybe just the minister standing next to a co-worker, you want to try and solve all their problems and give this big revelation that you got on, on Sunday. And, oh, listen, my pastor preached this, and, and I put this point and 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 those points all together, and now I got the victory. And that person's like, I can't do that. I don't have time to do that. I got the problem now. It took you like 20 years of being holy and going to church to get all those points and figure out that they go together. How about this revelation? You need a savior? I know one. You need a savior? I got one. Let me, let me show them to you. His name Jesus! And that's who you need. That's who you need. Why? Because if I need saving... We need a Savior. Right. And that's his nature is save me. All, I got, all you got to do is get in Jesus. It'll work out. How? I don't know that. Not my job. Right. Not your job either. Right. My job is to hear from him and be obedient and stay in him. And if I stay in him, I'll overcome. Uh, watch, watch this. Go, go to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. And you, you've heard this story. Uh, I want to show you this. Luke chapter 4 verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days. Now, now look, a lot of people, they, they wrong theology. Well, Jesus is leading me to the wilderness. Man, they're, what they're saying is, because I'm going to go out there and suffer for Jesus. That's not why he led him to the wilderness. You know why he led him to the wilderness? Because in the garden, in the garden where man fell, he was tempted with three things. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And mankind failed. The first Adam failed. So the Holy Ghost led Jesus out to the garden. Not to fail and not to suffer. He led him back to the, not the garden, but the wilderness. He led him to the wilderness so that he could face the same three temptations. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And if you'll notice, that's exactly what the devil tempted him with. And all of a sudden, Jesus said, I ain't falling for the same thing. I am the son of God. I found myself in the scriptures. And I know, devil, you ain't my source. I know who is my source. And I'm going to live on his word and I'm in him and he's in me and you can take your temptations and go back to hell because and he overcame every temptation so that now he's overcome the world he didn't lead him to the wilderness to suffer for Jesus he led him to the wilderness so that he could overcome and that's where he beat down the devil he beat him down but I want you to see this watch, watch what he says here he says, he was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. Anytime you go to the wilderness, it's to overcome. It's to turn the dry into living. 
It's to turn uh, things that don't produce into something that produce. It's to take a desert and turn it into an oasis. You remember when they were in the wilderness another time? You know, didn't anybody have any food? They had loaves and fishes. All of a sudden, they found an oasis right out in the middle of the desert. They found an oasis out there. You, Lord leads you to the wilderness. Uh, it's there to produce life in the middle of a dead and dry place. Same thing Philip did. He was led on a desert road. All of a sudden he goes up, he finds the guy in the chariot, and he leads him to the Lord. He baptizes him. He leads you into a wilderness. It's not to suffer for Jesus. He's leading you there to overcome, to plant life, to turn the desert into an oasis, to turn dry and dead into green and living. Amen? He's leading you there. And you can walk in knowing we're going to go do something. We're going to go overcome. I'm not going in here to suffer. I'm going to bring life. I'm an ambassador of God. I'm the salt and the light, and I'm carrying something with me. His name is Jesus. He says, then for he, uh, 40 days, we know he prayed and fasted, and he was tempted of the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. And when they had ended, he became hungry. Now let me tell you something about fasting for that period of time. What happens is, if you don't take in any calories during a fast, like you're not eating anything, a few days your body's like, uh, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, feed me. You know, it acts like a spoiled teenager spoiled brat teenager, right? Then all of a sudden, uh, after a few days, generally about three or four, your body says, ooh, we're not eating. I'm going to stop bothering you for a while. And so literally, it's not that you won't still be hungry, but those desires go down, right? So if you're still putting in calories, though, like I've you know done some where I'm still drinking juice, but that juice had calories in it. And so because it had calories in it, I remained hungry the whole time. But if you're not taking in any calories, then all of a sudden your body says, okay, we're not eating. And so it slows process down. It doesn't yell at you quite as much. And so, but then after about 40 days, about this period of time, your body says this. If you don't eat, you're going to die, and it becomes hungry again because it's trying to wake you up out of your stupor and get you to find some food, right? This is where he's at. So when this happens physically, all of a sudden your body's thinking, your body's thinking, if I don't eat, I'm going to die, right? And I don't know if you've ever felt that, but if you have felt that, it's different from the first three days. It's a different feeling. And all of a sudden you get to that place, and you're like, whew, I need to eat. I want you to see something. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their life to the death. In other words, he had entrance to God through the blood, entrance to the power of God. The word of their testimony, that was our job to confess, believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. And so what he was telling the devil is, no, I don't live by your bread. I, I live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth. That was a confession. Right? But then they love not their life to the death. That's how you overcome. And then he says this. He says, look, even though right now my body is telling me I'm dying, I trust God so much, I'm not going to listen to it because I'm not falling for your temptation. I'm going to stand and haven't done all stand. Even if it costs me my life, I will not release my trust in God. No matter even if it costs me my life, 
even at the cost of death, I will not leave Jesus. I don't care what thoughts pulling me this way, what temptation comes that way, I will not leave Jesus. And Jesus painted the perfect picture of overcoming right here in the wilderness where Adam failed, where the first Adam failed, the second Adam overcame. The second Adam overcame. They loved not their life even to the death. Let me paint you one picture as we leave today. I need... Stand right here. And just face that way. There you go. Awesome. Now what happens is when we're walking through life and all of a sudden we fall into tribulation or we fall into something that uh, is pressure. We come up against a wall of tribulation. Many times what happens is it feels like Man, what am I going to do? How am I going to get out of this situation? And, and we feel the pressure, like the weight of the situation starts to come on. And we feel that pressure. And the further we go, the longer we felt that pressure. And then our mind starts to say, man, am I ever going to come out of this? And what that's trying to do, those are the thoughts of a corrupted flesh trying to get you to get outside of Jesus. Because if I stay in Jesus, I'm going to overcome. But it tries to get you outside of that. And so every thought, what are we going to do? How's this going to work out? And, and what we've got to say is, look, I don't know. I don't have to know the answer. I just know I'm in Jesus. My work is to believe. I'll confess with my mouth, he's the Lord. He's my overcomer. And I overcome in him. I'm in him and he's in me. And he'll figure out the details. But see, that doesn't mean that the devil is going to stop. You'll notice here when Jesus, when he did overcome the devil back in Luke 4, at the end of that story it says this, the devil left him. But then it adds this part, for a season. Because he was going to look for another time. One of those times is when he came through Peter and said, pity yourself. And he'll even do that. He'll come up and say, God, this is so hard. Have pity on yourself. Just, just give in. And that, that doesn't have to come from the devil. It's already built into our corrupted flesh. It doesn't have to be a demon sitting there or a devil sitting there. That's already pre-built into our corrupted flesh because sin is still in our corrupted flesh. It's not this flesh, body of flesh, that was redeemed and renewed and made new. It's the spirit of man. It's the inner man. We, that man was made new. We renew our mind and we put under the corrupted flesh until we receive a new body, a, a, a new glorified body. But even from our flesh, it'll say, pity yourself. This has been too hard for too long. Just give in. Just go get the loan. Just give up. See, a lot of times, you know, think about this. That person that's in that position, what are they feeling? They're feeling the pressure. They're feeling the pressure, Right? Now, here's the thing. Doyle standing there, you notice that he's standing still. He's not like floating in the air. Is that, does that everybody see that? I know it's amazing, but he's, he's not floating. He's standing on the platform. Now, what's interesting, if you learned anything about physics, is you understand this. Does, does Doyle weigh something? Do you weigh something? Okay. We're not going to talk about that. Uh, uh, or mine. Yeah. Um, 
but you have weight to you. So we know that his body is putting pressure on that platform, but how come he's not like continuing to sink? Because isn't his body through gravity constantly putting pressure down? Is it stopping because he's standing up here and I'm talking about? No, he's putting pressure and that pressure is going down on this platform, right? Is that correct? Has his pressure of the gravity stopped? No, if it stopped, he'd start floating. It's constant. There's constant pressure on that ground. How come then he's not sinking through the platform? How come he's not sinking into the ground? Because in physics you learn that there's equal and opposite forces. And so even though he's got pressure on the ground, that platform is providing equal and opposite pressure upwards so that he's standing static in one place. There's an equal pressure. So a lot of times what we don't see is this. We're standing there and we're very aware of the pressure. And the devil's not going to tell you about this. The devil's not going to tell you about this little secret. But what you don't see, hold your hands out. We're feeling the pressure all around and especially in our mind. But if you could see with eyes of the Spirit, this is what it looks like in the Spirit. You're the believer. I'm the devil. And I'm here too. And just as much pressure as he's got on him, I've got on me. I've got on me. And I'm feeling the pressure too. You know, this is how we can go through because you realize the devil is not unlimited power. He just tries to keep putting the pressure on. But at the same time, he's putting the pressure on you. You're putting the pressure on him. And there's a moment where he is going to break because he's the loser and he's already defeated and he can't stand there forever. And while you're feeling that pressure, and if he says, oh my gosh, I'm getting ready to lose now, he's not going to tell you this. But while he's sitting there and he's putting pressure on you, like, doggone, I done picked a Christian that learned how to stand. I, man, I didn't know I found one of those. I was trying to catch them off guard, catch them off balance, maybe throw a little extra weight and catch them off balance. Man, this Christian knows how to stand. I'm about to lose this. And so right when he's about to lose, you know, every now and then he'll try to just give an extra little jolt. And, and then right when he's about to lose, he'll go with all of his might because if he doesn't do it now, he's going to lose. If you know anything about winning a battle or winning a war, it, you start to realize hey, there's a moment where I've got to give it everything i got. And generally that's the last moment right before the devil loses his footing and loses his. He's going to give you everything he's got. And that's when most people give up. But if we'll say, oh, we at that point. Ooh, glory. And we'll stand up against him. All of a sudden, that Christian, he's sitting there, and he's, and he's like, oh, I'm an overcomer in Christ, and I'm not leaving Christ. Well, how are you going to do it? It doesn't matter. It's not my job. I believe Jesus. I'm in him. I abide in him. He abides in me. And having done all, stand and the devil's like, no! Ah! And right at that point, that Christian doesn't move, and the devil's got to. And we become the overcomer. But here's something else. Anybody ever felt like the devil was bigger than you? Paul, come here. Stand back there. Because a lot of times what we're looking at is 
man, the devil's been doing this for a long time, and he knows my, he knows my weaknesses. He, he's been praying on them for years now. He knows what I fall for, and, and he's, he, he's watched mankind, and he's smart, and, and he seems powerful and, and everything. But if we could see in the Spirit, if we could see in the Spirit, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, this was about you and how strong you are? Oh, no, that's what we talked about earlier. This is not about how good you are at doing this. This is about how good Jesus is at doing this. And so we may be standing there. We may be a baby Christian. Here, go, Doyle. Marky. We may be in the spirit brand new, hadn't learned anything, don't have any weight to us in the spiritual world yet, but we've still got Jesus. And here's the devil, big bad devil, and he's coming up, and, he, and he's putting pressure, and, and, and she doesn't even know any better. She's brand new, she just got born again, but she just learns this, Jesus, help! All of a sudden, Jesus comes. And while she, she's sitting there, right there, she's sitting there like this, and she thinks she's in the battle by herself because she doesn't even know anything yet. She has called on a Savior, and she abides in faith in Him, and she doesn't let go of it. And the devil's presenting himself as a roaring lion, and all big and bad, ah, ah, spitting, snorting, not going to do that, and ah, ah, trying to get her off. And all of a sudden, Jesus is like, I got you. I have overcome the world. And, and we're sitting there and all we're feeling is the pressure on us. But she said, Jesus, Jesus, I need you. I want you. I receive you. And I thank you for it, Lord. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting here, the devil, and I'm like, man, she's just a small Christian. She just, she just got born again. I, I, what, I, what is going on here? Because Jesus is standing with her. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to have it all figured out. You just got to know him. And all of a sudden, the devil can't stand. And, and that pressure on him, he can't go but so far. But he'll try and he'll try and he'll try. But you are an overcomer that's who you are if I got any overcomers stand on your feet thank you you're an overcomer and no matter what you see or how you feel you stay in him and this morning if you quickly very quickly I'm going to pray for you so fast if you like Lord help me overcome right now come up now in Jesus name help me overcome glory to God Lord we are overcomers we're looking for your touch it's not me that's praying for you. It's Jesus through me. It's his anointing. Lord, we're overcoming. We're receiving. I know, Father, I'm in you and you're in me. And I'm standing in Jesus' name. And when I pray for you, I lay my hands on your head. You just receive just like Jesus is standing behind you. Oh, Lord, strengthen me. Help me to overcome. I need some overcoming. I will not leave you. Just say it with me right now. Just say, Jesus. I need, a savior. I need a savior and you're him and I receive you and empower me now to overcome you're my Lord you're the director of my life I believe you love me so much that you died for me and when you rose up from that grave you didn't leave me there 
you took me with you. And now I'm an overcomer. In you. Help me, Holy Ghost. Help me, Jesus. Help me, my loving Father. We are overcomers. In the 